Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. I hope everyone's having a great summer out there. It is flying by. We are technically already in the end of... uh, at the end of July. Wow. Craziness. Anyways, I was away, as some of you may know. I'm now back in New Jersey in a new house, settling in and doing well, doing well. Grateful for everything that I have and grateful to you guys for listening to this show. Please consider following me on Twitter. It's at Twitter. No, it's not at Twitter. It's at TalkingMetal.com. No, it's not that either. It's at Talking Metal. Okay, that's what it is. And same thing goes on YouTube and Instagram. Same thing. Talking Metal, at Talking Metal. Okay, so another thing I'm grateful for besides the people who listen to this show is, of course, the people who support me on Patreon. Folks like Metal Dan, who's been doing it for... Years, literally four years, Dan. We just celebrated your fourth year, your four year anniversary. Metal Dan, you are my longest running supporter, and I never take your support for granted. John Bovari, thank you, John. Steve Hoker, Mike Jones, Michael Street, who has also been supporting me for a very long time, Michael Street, Fred Roots, David Gray. James Bennett, Anthony Mackey, Jean-Francois Blah, Ron Keel. Yep, that Ron Keel, the famous Ron Keel. We love Ron Keel. Steven Saylor, Jason Seth, Joe Ryan, Matt Carroll, Drake, Sam Supi, Jerry from Long Island. Victor Ruiz, who is my guest on this show, is a supporter of mine on Patreon. He also does the bonus podcast with me each week on Patreon. He is the co-host of today's episode of Talking Metal. Thank you, Victor. Dan Gerwan. Dan, reached out to you a couple times. Haven't heard from you. Hope you're doing all right. Brad Dahl. Leo from Alaska. Kenny McCrimmon. Gregory Muse. Tommy Anderson. Stephen Rodriguez. Johan Erdestrom. Chris Riley, Jeremy Weltman, Andrew Miller, Mario Charance, Sean Richmond, 
Gene Eugene DX, Glenn Watson, Victor Guzman, Blue Walsh 21, Jerry from Salt Lake City, Patrick Sabin, Denny Striegel, Ed Ferguson, John Barron, Huckney Jacobson, John Simpson, Hank Reeves of Dash Vodka, my favorite vodka. If you don't know Dash Vodka, definitely check it out. Love it, love it. Emily and I drink it all the time. Well, not all the time. We drink it, let's say, frequently. I'm not drinking it right now. (laughs) Alan Janssen, Seth B., my meditation and uh, Jeff Pilsen yoga partner. And I have just been slacking this summer, Seth. I got to get back to the Jeff Pilsen class. I don't know if you're doing it. I should reach out to you and find out. Madison Hatter, who we've had on the show. She is a supporter on Patreon. Dane Damage, Adrian Guzik, Guzak, Kedo Yogiva, Kedo Yogiva. I don't know if I'm, I, some of these names, man. I'm just a dumb American. I have trouble with these names. Davin Gutner. Am I saying that right, Davin? I, I don't know. I want to know how to pronounce your name. Is it Davin or Davin? Davin. I'm going to say Davin. Gun, Gun, Gunter. Gunter. Davin Gunter. I'm going with that. Let me know if it's wrong. You just joined us, Davin. And I am so sorry. I'm currently out of extra large shirts. They are on order. I will have them in the next week or two, and you will be mailed out your Talking Metal t-shirt because you contribute $5 a month. And anyone who contributes $5 a month gets that bonus podcast and also a Talking Metal t-shirt. And Sam Warwick also just joined us. Sam, great to hear from you. And I wanted to uh, thank you for just a great email that you sent me. Sam, again, is our most recent supporter on Patreon, and he sent me an email from Australia. And uh, yeah, it says, hey, Mark, this email and corresponding Patreon subscription are long overdue. I've been listening to Talking Metal for over a decade now. I got a bit behind on the episodes for a while, but I finally caught up again. I must admit that while I was a little worried when you announced that you would have to stop playing music, especially since I've discovered so many great bands through hearing them for the first time on the podcast, a couple that immediately come to mind are the Night Flight Orchestra and Fireball Ministry. However, I am pleased to say that the lack of music has not affected my enjoyment at all. In fact, I think Talking Metal is going better than ever these days, and there is a great vibe and energy. Well, thank you, Sam. That means a lot. And listen, I miss playing the music. I really do, because I love music. I love listening to music. I love turning people on to music. I want people to know when I hear a great song. I want you guys to tell me when you hear a great song. So it sucks, but this is the way the industry went, and I had a choice stop playing music or stop the podcast. And I I will be honest with you, Sam. I was very close to walking away from this. And some people like Emily, I had a a real heart to heart conversation. It was with like my mom and, and, and Emily, my wife, and they really convinced me to keep doing it. And that's why I'm still here. 
Thanks, mom. Thanks. Thanks, the wife. Uh, so a little bit, this Sam continues his email, a little bit about, about my background for you. I'm a 53-year-old guy born and raised in England. However, I now reside permanently in Sydney, Australia. My first gig was ACDC, Fastway Supporting, at Wembley Arena in January 1986. Wow, that's awesome. My last gig pre-COVID cancellations was Girl School, Raven Supporting. I'd like, man, in Canterbury two years ago. I'd love to see Girl School. I've, I've seen Raven recently. Well, you know, within the last six years. Um, but I don't think, I don't know if Girl School's been over here. That would be great to see them. My favorite band growing up was Iron Maiden, and they still remain a strong favorite. Uh, same here, man. I mean, Kiss and Iron Maiden, for me, my favorites growing up, and I, I, I think they still are my favorites. I'm really enjoying the new song, Writing on the Wall. Me too, Sam. A lot of people not digging it, though. I will be honest. I, I like it, though. However, my favorite band of all time is Hawkwind. Nice. A band that I know very little about, except Lemmy played with them for a while. I like a lot of Prague and progressive metal. I'm a big Dream Theater fan, along with the lesser-known UK bands such as Threshold and Hacken. Is that how you say it? I don't know. H-A-K-E-N. Amazingly, I only discovered Porcupine Tree a couple years ago. Wow, that's, that's wild, because that's one band I've actually known about and been listening to their music for years. Great band. Glad you discovered them. Better late than never, right, Sam? Another recent discovery has been Riverside from Poland. I don't know them. I need to check them out. In the classic rock vein, and I'm absolutely loving the new Blue Oyster Cult album. Me too, man. So good. I purchased the new Gojira album last month. Love Gojira too. Not normally the sort of band I would listen to because I don't care that much for the vocal style, but there is something really compelling about this album. I still buy my albums on CDs and have a collection of over 800. As much as I like streaming services, I still like to own the physical media. I also like to feel like I'm supporting my favorite artists such as, as much as possible. On the subject of CDs, I want to give a shout out to the best record store on the planet, Utopia Records in Sydney, aka the home of metal, and the website is utopia.com.au. I recommend following them on Instagram for their entertaining posts. I'm going to do that right now. Clicking on through. And uh, wow, this this looks like an awesome record store. I got to get over there. I don't see their social media. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I'm following them on Instagram right now. If you haven't heard Threshold, then there are a couple... Then here are a couple recommendations. Start Staring at the Sun. This features Damon Wilson on vocals, one of my all-time favorite rock singers. Very cool. Small Dark Lines from their latest album, Legends of Sheer, Shar, Shar, I'm not sure. And one of their best threshold are criminally underrated in my opinion. Cool, good tip. Thank you, thank you. If you haven't heard Threshold, then there are... Then here are a couple recommendations. Oh, I already read that. Sorry, got confused here. For something Australian, give Voyager from Perth a listen. And uh, they are another recent discovery from for me. I like them a lot. Colors from their latest album, Colors in the Sun. Uh, lost an older track. Anyways, he gives some recommendations. Cool. Anyway, Sam, 
great to meet you. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for the videos, checking them out. Um, and uh, really appreciate it. I did listen to the Voyager song uh, Colors and thought it was great, by the way. I'm going to try to check out the other links that you sent. The video is cool for that, too. The guy waking up like in the on the side of the road with his uh his synth tar right is that what it is yeah anyways cool man and uh let's um do this let's get into this episode of talking metal here with my guest victor ruiz of the mars attack of the mars attacks podcast Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and you are listening to Talking Metal, and kind of a special episode here. What we do each week is my friend Victor Ruiz and I do a podcast exclusively for the people on Patreon, and we are doing that kind of here today, but for you guys, so you can kind of get a flavor of what goes on on the Mark Striegel podcast, which posts every Monday. It goes out through an RSS feed and I do it, you know, 95 to probably more like 98% of the time I do it with Victor Ruiz. And he is of the Mars Attacks podcast, the Galaxy of Geeks podcast. And he is joining me here today on the Talking Metal podcast. Of course, he has a long history with Talking Metal. And uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to actually answer some questions from our supporters on Patreon, and we're going to talk about the return of concerts. And that's what we do on the Mark Striegel podcast. It's just talking. There's no interviews. It's just Victor and I talking. And that's what we're going to do here today. It'll give you a little flavor of what goes on on that podcast, which you can get for as little as $2 a month by supporting me on Patreon. Victor, how are you, man? I know you were on vacation. Did you have a good time? You were away with the family? Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, We got we got away for about five days there, roasted in the sun for a little. Not our intention, but all sunburnt and back home. <laughs> right on. And I will give a little disclaimer right now. Somebody is right, uh, riding a vacuum cleaner, pushing a vacuum cleaner here in the house, um, not realizing that I'm recording. And that's that. So I will be riding the mute button. I apologize for any background noise. I do want to mention... Um, that we lost two rockers. We actually just spoke about this on our other podcast, Jeff Labar and Gary Corbett. It's just wild, Victor, because I I saw both of them on stage with Cinderella 10 years ago, August 2011, and they both died within a 24-hour period. And to think that five or uh, there were five members on stage with Cinderella when I saw them 10, almost exactly 10 years ago, the two of them died just, you know, last week within a, a 24 hour period is crazy. And uh, man, what, what a loss. Uh, what, what were um, your memories of those two musicians? Anything you can share on, on both of them? Yeah. I mean, for me, that first Cinderella album was huge. I was telling my wife the story, how, um, I'd gotten a a new stereo uh, in seventh grade, I believe. And when I turned it on, that night songs was uh, was already queued up on the uh, on the stereo. So uh, that's always been my favorite album of theirs. And I've always loved that album top to bottom. I thought it was great. Uh, As far as Gary Corbett is concerned, um, we kind of talked about it on the Mark Striegel podcast as well. There's a bunch of really cool interviews that he did with Decibel Geek podcast, where he gives a lot of behind the scenes revealing 
information about his time in Kiss and about working with various other artists. And he was a great storyteller. And um, uh, from what, you know, I've seen online, you know, people like Ron Keel have come out and said, Hey, you know, dude was always great. No one's ever said a bad thing about him. Um, so, I mean, it seems like, you know, he's always had a great reputation and he's worked with so many people. If he was a dick, that never would have happened, you know? So it's obvious that, you know, he was both talented and a good guy to be around. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I did meet Gary Corbett way back on the crazy nights tour, December 12th, 1987 in Rhode Island. When I also met Paul Stanley and Eric Carr and I met Bruce Kulik that night. I didn't get an autograph from Bruce because our pen had broke the Sharpie that we had. We got an autograph from Eric and then, uh, our, my camera, which was a Kodak disc man was out of, was out of pictures. So, or at least that's how I remember it. I, I don't or though maybe we were holding We didn't want to, we thought Paul was coming. So we didn't, we had one picture left and we didn't want right. to, you know, waste it quote unquote on Bruce. So it was something weird like that, but for whatever reason, I met all the members of kiss plus Gory, Gary Corbett that night uh, with the exception of Gene, we didn't meet Gene that night. And okay, so we are going to jump over to Patreon where people have uh, have left some questions for us, Victor. And these will be lightning round answers. Okay? okay, so we won't spend much time on it. And then I do want to talk about the return of concerts. Big shout out to our two new patrons, Devin Gunter and Sam Warwick. Big shout out to you guys. And Sam is over in Australia, I believe. Did I say Devin? I think it's Davin, actually. Davin is down in South Carolina here in the States. We welcome the support from you guys. And you both will have Talking Metal t-shirts on, on the way because you contributed $5 a month. And that means you get the bonus podcast every week plus a $5 t-shirt and uh, occasionally some other bonus stuff online like the recap show that you do, Victor, which you just posted one. I listened to it. Good job on that. And, uh, okay. So Victor, let's jump to these. All right. So I threw this out there. I just said, if you have any questions for us, throw them up here on the Patreon page. So the supporters on Patreon have wanted us to comment on a few things. Jerry from Long Island said the new Maiden album, the writing is on the wall. I believe he posted this before the actual first song off of that album dropped. Have you uh, heard the song, Victor? And are you excited for new Iron Maiden music? I heard it. I think the song is okay. It reminds me a lot of El Dorado and Benjamin Berg when that when both songs came out in the sense that I was excited. Wow, we're getting new Iron Maiden music. But, I, you know, there are two songs that when I look back at them, it's like kind of eh, they're all right. You know, so writing on the wall is an OK song. I think that uh, uh, Bruce is Bruce is kind of pushing it with his voice. Like I think back at um, Rainmaker, where he goes up in that registry as well, but that's only for the chorus. So it kind of works, but I don't know. It just that falsetto throughout the entire song just kind of threw me off, but I don't yeah, know. I know it? you're not supposed to say this, you know, but the voices of some of these guys aren't what they used to be. And right. Dio, <laughs> I mean, like Dio was one of them, man. In in the last couple tours, his voice just wasn't 
anywhere close to what it was. And, and right. listen, he was a guy in his late sixties. It probably shouldn't, shouldn't be. And Bruce is getting up there too, but yep. there is something about it uh, that is it, the color of it is, has evolved and changed. You know, he, he still can pull it off live though. He's great live. And, and I love Bruce's voice. I don't want to, say anything negative about it. And I like this song. I, I really do like this song. Yeah, but I hear what you're saying. I think Jerry actually said it felt like a leftover from a matter of life and death. I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a good song, man. I, and, and I thought the video was very metalocalypse and I tagged Brandon Smalls, the creator of metalocalypse on Twitter and said that, and he responded something like real nice and politically correct, like saying, I was very excited to see this video and think it's great or something like that. So he didn't, he didn't, he didn't say it was, I felt like him responding to my tweet was him acknowledging, yeah, it is kind of like that, but I approve, you know, so it was kind of interesting. Um, but I welcome new maiden music and I, I feel like some people aren't, aren't real, jazzed up on the new song maybe it's because i watched the video and i that i like this song because i thought the video was really good but anyways we'll, we'll move on lightning round like i said how about this is from Jer- jeremy weltman victor how about bands that you think should be headlining festivals but for some reason or other never quite made it hmm i mean there's a lot of these bands uh right. and I mean, I don't know, even like a Queensryche or something, you know, they never were able to headline Donington or Monsters of Rock or, or right. Don, Download or something. But I feel like they they probably could have done that. I felt like they just kept growing. And then I felt like after Empire, I don't know, it kind of leveled off. And for whatever reason, unlike a Maiden, you know, they they just you know, they had more radio play than Maiden, but just never had the devotion that the fan base goes. But I mean, there's so many of them. I mean, even a guy like Marilyn Manson, I mean, I I remember thinking, seeing him at Roseland in New York, sold out, you know, 4,000 people, 5,000 people thinking, wow, this guy's going to be doing stadiums in two years. And it just never happened. You know, never, never, never got that big. He couldn't even really ever do arenas. So, yeah, there's a lot of those through the years. I think, you know, you even go to smaller bands. I mean, look at look at our friend Ron Keel. I mean, I, I thought I thought Keel was going to blow up. You know, he kept from the Steeler record to the those first few solo, not solo records, but Keel band records. Right. You know, I, I thought I thought, wow, this guy's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And he got big and he put out great music just as good as other bands. But for whatever reason, I, a lot of times I don't think it's talent. I don't even know if it's marketing. You know, I don't know what it is. It's just the way the world works. Some, some bands just grow. I mean, why did Metallica get so massive? I mean, yeah, they were freaking awesome, but I don't know. I mean, in some ways they didn't have the consistently great catalog that other, other bands had. I mean, there's some kind of, clunker records in there if you ask me but so I don't, I don't know i have no explanation for what makes certain bands stadium or arena or festival headliners but that, that's that victor any comments on that i've seen marilyn manson headline a uh, festival actually oh okay um, well there you go it was it was the worst performance i've ever seen actually dude came out last 20 minutes of the show him in a telecaster 
ended Sweet Dreams, uh, The Beautiful People, and I don't remember what other song, just him and a Telecaster strumming away. And it was one of these heartbreaking moments because I'm a huge Manson fan. And we just had to walk away. We're like, all right, time to go uh, get a good spot for suicidal tendencies because wow. uh, this shit ain't happening. Um, but yeah, to your point, that's funny because we listened to um, a bunch of different music on our trip and a bunch of songs off of Queensryche's Empire came up, came on. And I mentioned that to my wife. I'm like, do you realize how huge this album was when it came out and how quickly, you know, they're they just weren't able to hold on to it. And to your point with Maiden, sure. Maiden went out and played sheds and stuff in the States and you got to see them in Roseland and stuff like that. But there was a resurgence. Queensryche never kind of right, with blaze covered. Yeah. Um, Anthrax is another one that I was just thinking of, you know, huge, uh, but never, never really, you know, sure. They've headlined tours, but they're, mid to small size theaters or, uh, you know, venues never always, you know, when I've seen them on festivals, uh, usually the fourth or fifth band down on the, uh, on the list. So, and it's funny because a lot of people will say, well, uh, how come, you know, Avenged Sevenfold is listed up higher than you guys? Well, they've sold more albums and they're more right. popular. So, you know, it comes down to, to that, unfortunately. So, yes, definitely. And, and popularity is a weird thing, how people flock to different things and, and figures. Charisma, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. I do want to blow through these pretty quickly. Uh, let's see. Metal Dan. No, where are we? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Metal Dan had a couple questions. Does Mars Attacks or Talking Metal have a Spotify playlist published? If not, do you have any recommendations for one? I don't, Metal Dan. I don't have any recommendations for one. Uh, I used to, when I was on Spotify 10 years ago or so, I had a couple playlists here and there, but I have since left Spotify. I do Apple Music. I'm not on Spotify. So, yeah, sorry about that. Do you have playlists uh, I actually do. Oh, there you go. I have two. I have one on. I have, I have the same playlist and it's on Spotify and it's on Apple Music. And it's actually based off of um, videos that I post on my Patreon where the patrons select the songs they like the most. And then those make the um, uh, the playlist. So uh, okay. the playlist right now is nine and a half hours long with one hundred and twenty some odd songs that have just come out this year. So. Wow. All right. Can, there you go. Easiest, yeah. Easiest way of finding them is marsattacksradio.com forward slash playlists, plural, and there are links to both. So good stuff. Okay. Metal Dan also says, uh, Metal Dan says, Foo Fighters are doing DGs. I heard should be dancing and I like it because it has hooks. Our local band, Roxanne, did the disco stuff 30 years ago. We loved it then. So they were ahead of the time. Uh, so I don't know, Metal Dan, if you're asking if I've heard the DG stuff. I haven't yet. I do like Dave Grohl, and it is on my list of things to check out. Have you heard it, Victor? I haven't heard it yet, but there's another band called Tragedy who's been who just released the greatest hits i think they're from new york uh their their publicists have been sending me stuff for like four or five months now 
Um, I don't know if it's because they caught wind that the Foo Fighters were going to be doing this and they're trying to capitalize on it or not, but it's a lot of the same tracks, uh, if I yeah. remember correctly. I haven't checked this stuff out, but... It, it's got to be influenced by Taylor. Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters had a disco metal band with Andrew Watt. I actually saw them play live. I'm trying okay. to remember what they were called. Do you remember that? No, not off the top of my head. Yeah, they, they played a festival I was at, and uh, I guess I could Google it. Um, not the coconut something or other. Uh, no, it was like it was like a disco band, Taylor. Heavy Hawk Chevy and, was another. Yeah, yeah, Heavy Chevy. That That's what it was. Yep. Heavy Chevy. Yep. So I'm guessing the Foo Fighters thing is, in, you know, all in that vein. Who knows? Um, all right. So moving on, Johan over in Sweden said, I'd love to hear how Mark and Victor discovered grunge and what records were important and early concerts. Grunge were huge for me from 91, 94. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of, I think said this story before. I mean, I, I loved grunge because I was the guy in the eighties whose perm was never quite right. Who couldn't shred quite right. Uh, you know, and, and just, I was a nerd. I, I was a fanboy. I loved eighties metal, but I, I was never the cool guy. And suddenly my baggy pants and, uh, you know, half-assed guitar solos with a lot of emotion and, um, you know, mullet hair grew out pretty quick into a bop. You know, I suddenly the tables turned. And I went from being the, the nerd that no one really wanted to associate with to the cool guy. Uh, and it was just a wild uh, transition. And, and uh, I, I remember, you know, grunge coming in, but there were pre-grunge records like like the Mother Love Bone uh, mm -hmm. album. You know, Apple uh, was a really big one for me that laid the groundwork kind of for grunge albums coming in. You know, that first Alice in Chains record, of course, Facelift, which predated, you know, Nevermind by a couple of years. Soundgarden. Uh, what was it? Uh louder than love was was a right. big one you know even even faith no more you know kind of laid some of the groundwork for that stuff coming in open the doors there were different sounds coming in fishbone wasn't grunge they were like ska slash hard rock but they opened my mind and prepared me for for what was about to happen with grunge and of course i mean nirvana was huge i mean soundgarden nirvana alice in chains the dirt record when that hit i could not believe it that was one of my my favorite and you know i feel like with 80s bands there were so many of them but with grunge i mean the ones that actually broke through there, there's less nowadays, you know, I mean, I, I like what underground grunge bands were there there. Of course there were, I mean, was mud honey grunge. I don't even really right. feel like they were grunge. They were, you know, but paw bands like paw, if you don't know paw, they were a great like sounding band. And I mean, let's, let's give credit where credit's due. Stone temple pilots, man. That first record, I, I loved that. And I thought they were great and they took a lot of shit in the press, you know, but they were, they were a great band, great band. How about you, Victor yeah. grunge, grunge memories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we've talked about WSOU on the other podcast uh, that Temple of the Dog album that came out as a result of Andrew Wood's death uh, from Mother Love Bone. That was yeah, amazing huge. record. Yeah, that and that's I I don't know if it still is, but at one point 
was the biggest selling EP of all time. Um, that's the catalyst to Pearl Jam and to, you know, right. uh, maybe maybe even Soundgarden taking off the way that they did if, if you want to look at it because, um, you know, it definitely pushed them in a different direction after uh, Bad Motor Finger to what Super Unknown became. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was... I've been a music junkie all my life. I've liked all, not all forms of music, but I liked a lot of uh, forms of music. You know, I'm a huge U2 fan and a huge Depeche Mode fan. So when all this stuff started coming out, you know, it was just another form of rock music and it was heavy rock music that, uh, that I appreciated. I know that there were a lot of friends and there are even still people that, Oh, they, I hate Nirvana. Or I hate this. And to a lot of those people, I'd say, well, if you had a choice to listen to Thriller by Michael Jackson or Nevermind by, uh, you know, by Nirvana, which would you pick? You know, I'd I'd go towards the Nirvana personally. So right, right on, cool. Um, we do have limited time, so we're going to blow through these other questions. Yeah. Uh, Metal Dan back again. Halloween's new release. I gave it two listens and can't get into it. Maybe seeing the new material will help. I haven't heard it. Have you heard Halloween, Victor, their new release? Yes. I think that the first video they released was probably the best song off of the album. Uh, half of it is kind of all right. The other half is just them kind of regurgitating the past. To me, with them, I've unfortunately, after a certain album, I just go back to the keep the original two Keepers albums because... That's where it's at for me. Right on. Song you were most shocked to hear in a commercial. This is by Steve Hoker. For Steve, it was Love Myself Today by Biff Naked, which was in a car commercial. I remember seeing her in concert, and before she played the song, she said something about the lines of Up Next is our car commercial music. The song's actually about masturbation, but let's not tell them that. That's funny, Steve. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, nowadays, I don't feel like I'm, I'm very shocked at all to hear anything in, uh, in commercials. I've heard everything from like Black Sabbath to, to Led Zeppelin. I mean, it's like... I guess that's how people make money. Anything I was shocked to hear in a commercial. Steve, I'm sorry. I can't think of anything. Victor, anything pop pop into your mind? Yeah, and something that Steve will appreciate. Um, the National Lottery here used uh, I Want to Rock by Twisted Sister, okay. which kind of surprised me because metal isn't a thing here. <laughs> wow. Okay. And John Simpson on Patreon, a supporter. All these people are supporters on Patreon. You can be one too. Just go to patreon.com slash talking metal. Uh, John Simpson said, let's talk about the potential semi Pantera reunion with Rex and Phil. Rex says Zach Wilde will not be involved. What would a reunion of Pantera look like? What other musicians would be involved? What would they call it? Um, I'll let you go first on this, Victor. Um, let's be honest here. Rex Brown brings <laughs> nothing to the table in this. As long as it's Phil and a bunch of other people that make it sound like Pantera, 99.9% .9 of Pantera fans will not give a shit if Rex Brown is involved. Okay? Well, he does give it some credit. I mean, and and I I, I could kind of see... Like, they, first of all, it's not going to happen. It's just, it's just not, they're not going to, they're not going to go out the, and do a Pantera reunion. I, I, I just, no. the, the brothers are dead. 
It's just, it's not going to happen. And here's the other thing that's, I don't care who you get on guitar. I mean, and, and let's face it, there's a lot of great guitar players out there that could right. handle this. I mean, you know, you could get the guys in metal allegiance to, you know, uh, to do this uh, and they would pull it off gr- perfectly. By the way, on a side note, John Bush and metal allegiance, that sounds interesting, man. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, the Pantera thing, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And if it, if it does, it's going to be a disaster because you can get the greatest guitar player and drummer to play this stuff perfectly. But here's the biggest problem. And I mean, kind of circling back to people's voices, which we were talking about earlier, Phil, Phil can't pull this stuff off. I mean, this stuff is vocally so aggressive. He's, we've seen him playing Pantera songs for years now with his, his different acts and I, I can't get through the first, I mean, I'm not here, all, full disclaimer, I'm not the biggest Pantera fan. I, I like them. I appreciate them. I know people are like, oh my God, you know, and, I, and once Dimebag was murdered, you know, they became a sacred band. I get that. I get that. I, I've seen them a dozen times in concert. I only paid to see them once. All the other times were them on festivals or opening for, for bands. I, I appreciate everything they did. I think they were great. I think they kept metal alive during the nineties. Some really great songs, but having said that, I I, am not like Mr. Pantera. I I will put that out there. I just don't think, uh, I just don't think it's going to work, man. Phil can't do it. It's like, stop playing those songs. That's what I, that's what my message to him. He needs to stop playing those songs because it's, it sounds like like he's choking and dying when he when he plays them. Sorry. Right. And and I mean besides that, outside of doing a, a limited like festival run, I I don't see like a full tour. I could see them doing four or five dates like at major festivals around the world and that's it. I mean, yeah, I don't, two of the guys are dead. It's like, okay, let's think about Sabbath getting back together or Kiss in the 90s, you know, getting back together. They they had something going for them and that's that all the guys were alive. That's the first thing you need to do a Pantera reunion. There's no you can't use the word, you know, reunion. It, it mm-hmm. John John said semi Pantera reunion. I just don't think it's going to going to happen but but who could they get to play those parts they can get anybody alex skolnick um you know who is plays with metal allegiance you know portnoy any of these guys could could pull that off but i just don't think it's going to happen and i don't think there's you know if the four members were alive no matter how bad one of them sounds they would have been able to pull it off and make a shitload of cash, but they don't have that. They don't have that anymore. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's not going to happen. They don't even have three of the four guys. So right. not, not happening, not happening. And I don't think it should happen. I don't think there should be a semi reunion. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So that's that. So let's, let's go over to concerts. Cause <laughs> I have tickets to see Megadeth coming up. I have tickets to see the Eagles, but something here is happening. So in this country, you know, cases going down, 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 vaccines going up, up, up. Now no one's getting the vaccine anymore. 
and or very few people. If you don't have the vaccine, please get it. Please get it. But we're seeing cases in Missouri and Florida and Arkansas just go through the roof again. We're seeing, you know, everyone thought we were reopening. The Foo Fighters play Madison Square Garden, sold out. I bought Eagles tickets to the uh, show at Madison Square Garden. It's coming up in August, sold out. But now the Foo Fighters have canceled their, their gig at the Forum because somebody in the organization has COVID. <laughs> and LA, meanwhile, has announced a mask mandate. Masks back on, inside. So wait, you're going to go see the Foo Fighters? It makes me wonder if they canceled because they don't want to have a show where Dave Grohl has to sing wearing a freaking mask. So you're going to have a concert in the Forum and everyone is, and including the musicians on stage, are going to wear masks? Well, no. So the Foo Fighters have canceled. So we've definitely been knocked back a little, you know, and we've, we've spoke about this on the Mark Striegel podcast, but we'll talk about it here on Talking Metal. Here's, here's the truth. In May, we heard Ticketmaster and Live Nation saying, tickets are selling like crazy. But here's the bottom line. They're not. Go on Ticketmaster right now. The GNR shows aren't selling. There's tons of KISS tickets available. Ozzy over in the UK, plenty of tickets to see him. But, you know, we, we thought what we were told is everyone's going to rush back to these concerts and won't be, you know, can't wait to buy tickets. But that's not what's happening. Tickets are readily available for lots of shows. We're seeing some of the early bands go out there on, on the road, Victor, like enough's enough. And the dead daisies have been some of the earlier bands to go out there in, in June and July. I've, I saw videos of both those bands playing like 20 people. Literally. I mean, somebody told me that the dead daisies brought 300 at a club in, in, in uh, Nashville, uh, in Tennessee, maybe it was Memphis, which maybe is true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I saw, a video of them playing in Indiana. It looked, Victor, it looked like no one was there. The same with Enough's Enough. So I, I, you know, and then the Dead Daisies are so ridiculous. They played to 20 people in Indiana and then they're on a, a private jet flying back to <laughs> LA, but that's a whole nother topic. Uh, and, you know, Foo Fighters canceling, Deftones, Gojira have now canceled their fall tour. I mean, what what's going on here? I, I just think that, Maybe we've jumped the gun a little bit. I, I don't know. I don't know. I want concerts to return. I'm vaccinated. I want concerts to return. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very confused by things right now. Victor, your thoughts? Yeah. And Gojira has scheduled dates when that canceled tour was supposed to take place. So apparently they're going ahead with the tour. Uh, Deftones, so it's a Deftones thing. Yeah, I guess Deftones has maybe said, hey, it's not worth our while to go out to these poor ticket sales, you know? What you're saying is they the, the press release was like, oh, it's too early. Cases are rising up again. But you're saying it's like, okay, they threw that. Maybe they actually tried to do the tour and people just weren't buying tickets. Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me when I saw that Gojira started announcing their own tour for the fall. It, it seemed like, okay, well, this is more of not enough interest and, and maybe... You know, there's behind the scenes stuff where maybe some of these bands are obligated to play some shows because promoters um, need to put some shows on for whatever reason. Or I don't know, there's there maybe a logistical thing behind behind the scenes that we're not privy to. But, 
you know, a little bit of what you said, people maybe not being ready. Um, And also we talked about it on the other show, how they're also charging a lot more for tickets. So if instead of making it easier or friendlier for people to come back to shows as well, if you're going to jack up the prices to kind of make up for the money that you've lost, well, then people are going to spend their disposable income in other places. Right. Right on. And we do have to wrap it up here, but a couple thoughts, step it up guys. I mean, what the garden is doing in New York is vaccinated only. Okay. You have Mm -hmm. to have your, your vaccinated card. And that's what we have to do. If you want these concerts to return, if you're, you know, club owners all the way up to live nation vaccinated only. And I know that people, Oh, that's takes away from my freedom. Well, is does, if your freedom is just freaking staying home and not going to concerts, fine. I'm ready to go to concerts. I'm vaccinated. You know, it's, I just think it's ridiculous that, that this is, is happening and completely stupid, you know, and in a, the other thing is, let's see where we are in a month. Cause the, the, the other, the other thing is we're not hearing, we keep, hearing, oh, you're going to need another booster. Oh, you know, the, the, the vaccines don't protect against the Delta variant. They do. That's a lie. If you're hearing that, they do. They're, they're 86% effective against the Delta variant and 97% effective from keeping you out of the hospital. So anyways, I, I, people are dying again, and this is mostly unvaccinated people. 97% of these people dying are unvaccinated people. I do think these little outbreaks will, because we now know that once you've had COVID, you do get immunity for, for a while, maybe forever. So, so maybe this, I'm hopeful that this is just a little bump and, uh, you know, we're going to be back on target for, for concerts to return. But, you know, I, I laughed at Mitch LaFon when he said, oh, concerts weren't coming back until 2022. He said this months ago, six, seven months ago. And uh, bottom line is, he's, I think he's right. I don't think we're going to see a real normal feel to, return, to concerts until, until next year. And I'm, I'm pissed about it, quite frankly. I really am. I, I just think it's so freaking stupid. I think as much as I love Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, maybe what they did was a little premature. I think these dumb bands out there touring the clubs a little premature. Not much, a little bit. I, I, I honestly feel August was, was a better time than, than June. But... That's where we are. I'm going to start going. If the concerts are available, I'm going to start going. I don't want to wear a freaking mask at concerts, though. So I, I don't know. I'm just rambling. Victor, I'll throw it over to you for any final thoughts here. No, I, I agree with you. They probably should have waited a little longer. And I mean, for, for anyone that has an issue with the figures you just threw out there, I heard a, a scientist mention that the re- regular flu shot is only 60 something percent. Um uh, you know, sure that, it, that it'll work. So being up in the eighties and nineties is a lot more, uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, it, it's proven that it'll work better essentially. So it, it's, I agree with you in the sense that they should make it vaccinated only. And sure. People will complain that, you know, it's, it, it's an issue, but 
Come on. What uh, people? Let's, well, I mean, these people are are, are morons. I, they, you're going to complain that that it, that we don't that we want a safe environment. That's freedom in Mississippi. The lowest vaccination rate in the country. They have the highest vaccination rate for other vaccines, you know, because they're required. No one goes to private school there. Uh, the public schools require you to get vaccines, but yet they don't want to get the the COVID vaccine. It, it, it's absolutely unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And that's what I was going to mention. You know, we've been, you know, how many times have you had a tetanus shot? You know, how many times have you had, you know, other shots when you were born or that your kids have been required to have shots, you know, and that's without mentioning that when you, travel to certain countries, you need to get certain shots. You know, no one has ever said, oh, well, fuck that. I'm not going to, uh, I don't know, I'm using this as an example. I'm not going to Japan because they're taking my freedom away. I need to have these six vaccinations. Yeah, because you don't want to fucking die while you're over there. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, hey, they want their freedom. (laughs) Right, right. And I guess... Freedom means, you know, staying home and, and not doing anything because businesses are going to shut down again. I, I, I am hopeful that this is just a little bump in the road and that actually we can turn things around. But but, but what do I know? I do think that, that returning to concerts and stuff is going to maybe feel a little a little weird and awkward while we're still seeing cases rise, but Hey, let's take it day by day. I am going to the Eagles and uh, the Eagles is an indoor event in Madison square garden on August 22nd. It is vaccinated only. So I'm, I'm psyched for that. And then I have Megadeth and I believe lamb of God. That's an outdoor show. Looking forward to that too. So lots of concerts coming up. Sorry about the background noise, guys. And uh, join Victor and I weekly on Patreon every Monday for the Mark Striegel podcast. This is the Talking Metal podcast. Check out Victor's Mars Attacks and also uh, Galaxy of Geeks and his live stream on Friday. We'll have some links up in today's show notes. And uh, that's that. Victor, thank you very much. Thanks. And thanks to you guys for listening. (laughs) 